Hi, welcome to This is the Pits. My name is Michael Oberst. And I'm Chelsea. Greenwood. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is a podcast where we talk about Brad Pitt movies and culture, and we are just watching all of his movies in order and talking about why he made them and where it took him. Exactly right. And today is episode nine, in which we cover Interview with a Vampire, and it's about so much more than Interview with a Vampire this week, because... Uh, it's 1994, and the world is crazy. Yes. It's a... I mean... Yeah, he, he's fresh out of a relationship. He's hot on the... He's single. He's, no he's longer not, with... Wait, she, I thought she, he was with Gwyneth. Oh, no, he's not with Gwyneth yet. No, no. She, he's just out of the relationship with she who shall not be named. Um, <laughs> and he's... Little does he know he's about to get into a relationship with Gwyneth, Gwyneth P. Um, <coughs> oh, yeah, I'm still sick. Sorry. Man, really? really? You've been sick forever, my poor guy. No, <clears throat> I'm not sick. I just have a cough now. <clears throat> yeah, I know. And it won't go away. Anyway, that's the introduction. We were told that we should do that, so we're doing it. Um, but before we cover all of the so much information to talk about, there's the movie. There's 1994 like politically and globally as well as in Brad Pitt's life. Yeah. Um, tell me about you. How was your week? Oh, me? Um, yeah. Who? Are you talking to me? Yeah, you. Um, <laughs> uh, my week was fine. I mean, we just like got back from New York where we got to do our first podcast together, which, by the way, I realized we didn't do any sort of thing like any – we took no photos. Nope. We did – we. Didn't do anything like that. We just recorded the podcast and got the fuck out of there. Yeah. Well, it was so, a busy weekend. It was. Yeah. I mean, like, Meatball was doing DragCon and I was shooting something at DragCon and then we were. It was just a busy week in New York. Yeah. But um, it was. it's good to finally be home. And now I'm packing my shit to move to L.A. Whoop, and I'm driving, driving to L.A. in two days. And I'm like, my house is a mess right now. And, uh, it's oh, exciting, wow. nerve-wracking, Big but it's changes, cool. Big changes, Michael. I'm so excited. And you're going to be living in my house in L.A., which is the best house there ever was. Yeah. <laughs> um, how was your week? My week was, like, really intense and overwhelming in a lot of ways. I'm working on this huge commercial shoot for a gigantic company that is eating my soul away. I just accepted my very first ever full-time job, so I, like have been in all this shit in this commercial that I'm producing and like signing an offer letter to not be freelance anymore, which is very, very exciting, but also yeah. extremely mentally challenging because I don't know what a full-time job is and it's corporate and I'm a little scared. Yeah, but it's going to think of it this way. It's going to be great for the podcast. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. It'll be great for the podcast. And um, then the whole Kavanaugh bullshit and, the state oh, of the world right God. now is just like anytime I want to be happy, I'm happy for two seconds and then I'm just like, well, everything fucking sucks. Yeah. And then CNN sends you a nice little push notification reminder like, oh, by the way, everything yeah. sucks. Everything sucks. And then today, you know, it's been Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh and Trump and Trump and Trump and blah, 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 blah. And the millions of things. And then, you know, the New York Times just feels like the need to tell us today a push notification about a limo crash in upstate New York killing 20 people at their wedding. It's like. Why do you oh. need? Why do you gotta tell me that? I mean, it's really sad, but like, I don't need to know that right now. Maybe, you know. 
I mean, some of the push notifications for CNN are questionable because some of them are just like, is bubblegum <laughs> is like is the bubblegum industry falling apart? Start your day here, and it's like, no, okay. I don't. Fuck. I can't help but think like every time there's a headline that's not Trump related, I'm like, okay, what am I? Why are we focusing on this? And yeah. what is Trump covering up? Like, did you see the Banksy thing? Yeah, which was kind of hilarious. Which was kind of hilarious and a great stunt, but also like the world was focused on that for a full day, and I'm like, what terrible thing happened that they're covering up with Banksy? Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. I think the same thing. And like, I mean, at this point, I've been conditioned. Anytime I see a CNN notification at all, my first like initial thought is like, oh, fuck, what now? You know totally, what I mean? Totally, totally. Which is why I'm glad we're doing this podcast. I was actually talking to my parents about this, who are our number one fans, by the way. Hi, mom and dad. <laughs> they, they <will laughs> oh, mine are big fans, too. Hi, mom. <laughs> um, I was talking to them about it, though. It's like... Um, I'm glad that we're doing this podcast because it's fucking doesn't need to be political. We can just fucking talk about yeah. Bradley, William Pitt and what no, William Bradley Pitt. Oh, my God. Do you even care? <laughs> I mean, I don't. <laughs> I've given up. <laughs> no, but okay. I do miss podcasting with you. And I watched this movie that we're doing today two weeks ago. And it's been it's been so fun to watch a Brad Pitt movie every week that I'm sort I'm yeah. glad that we're back on schedule. I'm like, oh, great. We've got one. Yeah, like same. that nice routine. We got kicked out, and now we're back in. Well, um, we were going to record this when we were together in New York, but then it just like the schedule didn't work out. So this you is lost why your voice. Oh yeah, I, I completely lost my voice. I like yeah. couldn't talk at all. Yeah, that was, uh, and I had to work that day too. I woke up and I, I had a, a Skype call for. I couldn't go physically to do a location scout, so we did a Skype location scout. And like, I woke up and I had no voice, and I was like, "This sucks," and it was really. <laughs> Hard to do. Oh, my poor Bresita. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the movie now. Okay. I mean, one second. I have a couple housekeeping things because now that we've had, <laughs> I just want to say one thing. Okay. Not a lot of people, but some people are actually listening to us now. And so we've been getting a lot of feedback. Yes. And one feedback that I got, someone said, I can hear you drinking wine, which is not a problem, but I feel like you're lying to me by yeah, not. I told you that. I know, but I just need, he was like, I need you to acknowledge the fact that you're drinking wine. So to this one specific listener, you know who you are. I am drinking wine. I drink wine every single episode. It's 2 p.m. in New York on Sunday. I have to go to work on Monday. So I'm just addressing it. That's all I'm saying. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you got that off your chest. Do you feel better now? She's drinking wine right now. She can't stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Interview with the vampire. I just, I just also feel like I should address the fact that um, <laughs> okay. every time I uh, do this podcast, um, I, I drink water. <laughs> and I just I feel like I need to come clean. <laughs> I drink water. So thank you, Michael. Thank you for for being um, forthright with our listener. Of course. No problem. No problem. No problem. Um, okay. Interview with the vampire. Yes. Okay. So this movie was released November eleventh, nineteen ninety four. Mm-hmm. Um, the same the same day as the Santa Claus, starring Tim Allen. Is that so? Yes. Well, I'd love to talk about nineteen ninety four for one second, if you'd allow me. Okay. I I will allow. <laughs> Go ahead. I think that nineteen ninety four is the first year that I truly remember like having my own brain and thinking for myself. I was eight years old. Oh, really? Yeah, I was listening to Mariah Carey. Uh, Dream Lover 
was my favorite song of the time. Okay. 1994 in Los Angeles was a huge fucking year. We had the Northridge earthquake, which I remember vividly, and that was in January. So that kicked off the year like my whole rest of the year was plagued by this gigantic earthquake that hit LA. And get oh. this, same year as OJ Simpson. Oh, that was 94. That was 94 and I remember watching that police chase like like glued to the screen. So it's like the first year where like I have my own thoughts. I'm like and I remember Interview with the Vampire because my sister was allowed to watch it, but I wasn't. My older sister who's 5 years older than me was allowed to watch it. And I was oh. not allowed to watch it. And I remember watching the MTV Music Video Awards in which this movie, which didn't win any award anywhere else or was nominated for any <laughs> award anywhere else, killed it at the MTV Movie Awards that year. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember anything from that year. Well, you were just a tiny little chicken. I'll tell you I what else born. happened that year, though. Jeff Bezos what? founded Amazon. And no little shit. did we know that he'd be the richest man in the world by now. If only you had known to invest in Amazon back then, back, imagine where we'd be. Back when I was eight years old. I'll tell you what, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. Or maybe we would, but from our thrones on our private islands. <laughs> yeah, we would be doing it from your private island. Exactly. Um, Which actually, I don't think that that's something that rich people actually buy. Well, like if a I was a rich island. person, I'd get my own island. I think it's something that people who are, well, not rich will say. Uh, well, say they want to buy poor. I'm talking about poor people. <laughs> well, um, like us, like well, us. Well, we're not. We, we well, can't say whatever. that. <laughs> we're not allowed. Yeah. Um, we bought art when we were in New York. <laughs> we bought art down the street from your house. Yeah. And it cost $150 to purchase the art. Yeah. And then to ship it, it cost $350. Yeah. I mean, I love that painting. I'm it's so cool jealous. I'm very jealous that he got it and I didn't. Um, but bringing it back to 1994 and and Bradley. Okay, um, well, a little bit about interview with the interview with the vampire um, in general. It was nominated for at the Academy Awards for best original score ooh. and best art direction. It yeah, didn't win either. It's interesting. I wrote down in my notes about this movie. The sound design was very very intense and like very clearly thought out, which I appreciated. Yeah. Um, and just like. For the year of 1994, when I was like Googling Brad Pitt interviews and like trying to do research for this episode, this is considered Brad's like breakout year, starting with this movie. Yes. And ending with the movie next week. Um, it's his very first ever Rolling Stone cover, Michael, which I'm going to send to you right now. Did you see that by any chance? No, but he was also on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. Or is that what you mean? No. Or he was on both? He's on his first Rolling Stone cover. He ends up doing a couple, but it's in between Interview with the Vampire and next week's one, which is, what's that one? Um, Legends of the Fall. Legends of the Fall. So he has long blonde hair in both of these movies. Wow. Um, and this cover is so funny. I can't wait to put it on our Instagram. I'm trying to figure out how to get it to you. I'm going to text it to you. Um yeah, so basically, 94 is a huge year for Brad Pitt. He is beyond, like, he is now officially famous. He's not just, like, people are talking about He's officially about him. famous. He's not just a sex symbol. He is, like, hugely famous, and everything he ever hoped and dreamed is coming true. So that's very and exciting. And, like, hot off the press famous, too. Like, I saw, I saw this, a few clips of him and Tom Cruise at the premiere for yeah. Interview with the Vampire, and people are losing their goddamn minds. They're yeah. screaming, and it's like... 
okay, this is this is the Brad Pitt that we know now. Right. Like finally he's there. He's to the point where it's like he it's like when he shows up, people lose their fucking minds. That's and exactly right. I, I looked at the YouTube comments and some of them are like <laughs> they're just so so insane. It's like people are so horny for Brad Pitt. It's crazy. <laughs> I know well. People are I'd like, like to direct your attention to every episode of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this cover. I know. This Rolling Stone I cover. Oh, it's a sexual. It's my next oh god. Anyway, well now I gotta look at the I gotta look up the Entertainment Weekly cover because I didn't even look at the cover. I just saw, um, I just saw that he was on it. Right. The point is, he's now on covers of magazines. He's not just like a little blurb with Juliette Lewis and the other things. And it's interesting because Tom Cruise, who he stars alongside in this movie, is also like he's at the peak of his career, which we what we think is going to be the peak of his career. Um, he keeps going, going and going and going too. Um. But there's an interview with Brad at the premiere of this movie where he's and someone's like, oh, my God, you were with Tom Cruise. And, he, and Brad Pitt's like, can we please not just make it about me and Tom Cruise? Like, it's not just about the two of us. It's also about Antonio Banderas and Kirsten Dunst and all of these people. And like, we're it's not just about fame. It's about making a good movie. And I said Ugh. to myself, you know, he seems like such a fucking moron in, the, in these early interviews. <laughs> he seems like he's like high out of his mind. Yeah, I, well, I think he, I mean, he kind of was, I think. Like, that was like, I'm so curious. he was a stoner. I think he was a stoner and, like, it must have been around this time or, or maybe a couple years later that he realized, like, okay, I gotta, I gotta, like, keep it together, I guess. You know I what I mean? Like Gwen wasn't having any of that weed smoking bullshit. I bet Gwyneth Paltrow kicks it to the curb. You think? Why? Why, why would you think that? Well, I mean, she's, like, all goopy. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's yeah, like clean I guess. And goopy. Yeah, she is a little. She seems like she's. I mean, their relationship did not last. So well, but they got engaged, and there's so many great quotes about that, which we will come to when they start officially dating. Yeah, why can't I find the cover for Entertainment Weekly? Hmm. Brad, Brad Pitt on this week's cover, Entertainment Weekly. Okay, here's the article. Can't find the pic. Well, we can find it. We can post it. Yeah, we'll find it and post it. Um, so I think we talked about 1994. Yeah. Do you want to go into the actual movie and what we think about the movie and what it's about and everything about it? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. How did you feel about it? You were not pleased when I saw you in New York. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know what I was expecting because I think it's like one of those movies where you hear so much about it that like, I mean, I have you seen this before? I saw it before, like, when my sis- my older sister was having a sleepover and I was, like, secretly watching it. Yeah. But, okay. again, I was eight years old and so I remember it being, like, a sexual thing. Like, and you hadn't seen it before that, though? I mean, after I haven't that, seen it since. since no, 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 no. Okay. Well, I had never seen it at all. Yeah. And it's just one of those movies where people are like, oh, Interview with the Vampire, Brad Pitt, oh, he's so, like, it's like, it's just it's kind of got that that like um God, I don't know how to say it where it's it's just like n- notoriety where it's it's Brad Pitt and it's Tom Cruise and it's Antonio Banderas and it's Kirsten Dunst it's like star-studded right at, as at the cusp of all of these careers being I mean Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt were pretty fucking famous when it came out but yeah. I mean like this was like r- 
rising to the top, rapid rise to the top movie. So, so it has like this notoriety, and I'd never seen it, and I wasn't. I guess I'm not really sure what I was expecting, but it was just like weird as fuck, and like <laughs> kind of boring a little bit, and like no, definitely boring, and like just weird ass shit keeps happening, and I'm like. What the fuck is this movie? I, I knew that you were going to have this reaction as I was watching it because for me, I found it to be so over the top and cheesy and ridiculous. Like, ridiculous. Ridiculous. But I yeah. loved it because it was such a romp and I found it to I, be so, I found it to be so entertaining. Because Here's a question was, I have for you. Did you find it to be romantic? Well, very good question. I'm so glad you asked because... <laughs> I mean, in a very homoerotic way, obviously. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole other, a whole other side of it. I mean, first of all, I just <laughs> want to point out, I didn't even realize that Tom Cruise was Tom Cruise. Like, I was watching the movie, I didn't recognize him. I was watching wow. the movie. Wow. I know. Well, I think that's a great thing for him, don't you think? Yeah. No, it is. Like, I think it was a good role for Tom Cruise because he didn't look like himself, and he is so. Fucking gay. He's the gayest <laughs> that, thing I've he's ever seen. So gay. And like when when you know, he was playing the character on screen, I, I sort of thought that it was a passive character who was gonna be like in and out. You uh-huh. know, he like gives Brad Pitt um vampire d- powers and then he goes away. <laughs> he turns him. <laughs> he turns him and then he goes away. That's what I thought that, that character but was he's going in to be. in love with him. Which is why I didn't re- yeah, exactly. Which is why I didn't recognize him as Tom Cruise, because I thought it was a bit part. And then he like wouldn't go away, and I was like, "Who is this character?" A stat, and it was, and like, um, it was. I was like, "Oh my god, that's Tom Cruise," and like, it blew my it blew my mind. Yeah, that's so interesting. I knew that it was Tom Cruise, and I I, I wrote a couple of notes about it. I thought he actually. It's interesting to me because. Now Tom Cruise is kind of a joke. Outside of Mission Impossible, he's not the big star that he used to be, and he in the Scientology thing has kind of thrown the respect for him as an actor. But we have to remember back then, before like he was Scientology crazy, you know, and before Katie Holmes when he and before like he became kind of a joke of himself. This movie, he like, and this time he was taken really seriously as a sex symbol, and I have to say. I thought he did a really good job of acting. Like, I thought he was convincingly sexy. I thought that when he was, like, trying to be sexy, obviously in a very homoerotic way, it worked. And it was weird for me because I wasn't making fun of him like I normally do. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yeah, And did you read that when he was doing research, he studied... um, Lions and tigers stalking their prey so that he could yes. suck their blood like they did. Yes, I <laughs> and love really that. You really see that. Um, I just have to. Do and it sh- shows. Yeah, it totally shows. And that's what I'm saying. I think he did a great job. And I thought, I thought of all the women who were watching this in 1994, being like, "I want to have sex with Tom Cruise." Like, people I know who are my contemporaries still want to have sex with Brad Pitt, right? Everybody wants yes. to have sex with Brad Pitt. It's weird to right. think that people find. Tom Cruise to be a sex symbol but at this time he was the number one sex symbol yeah and I think at this time uh, after this movie a lot of people were like oh wait a minute is he gay <laughs> yeah and then he you know denied, I mean? denied 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 it for and years. he's all oh shit no wait no I'm not gay and you're like well he's like okay. I'm look I'm married and I have a kid <laughs> look how can I be gay I'm a Scientologist yeah. 
<laughs> it's so crazy. Well, um, I can't wait to move to LA and join Scientology, by the way. I can't know. Well, there's, the celebrity center is right around the corner from your new house. Great. You great. Can, well, there's maybe a great we can brunch come, there, actually. Maybe we can do a retrospective of this movie with Tom Cruise once I uh, join his um, mm-hmm. not cult. Right. Totally. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. It's going to really change the timber of this podcast. Yeah. Okay. So this movie, um, so it kind of starts off with uh, Brad Pitt in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his What's vampire character's name? His name is... Um, There's Lestat and oh, Louis. 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 Or Louis. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so Louis is with... Um, and by the way, Christian Slater and Brad Pitt were in two movies together this year. Uh-huh. Back to back. They did... Back to back, yeah. Yeah. Uh, true romance, and then this. Um, anyway, so they they do that, and it wasn't actually. I'm sure you read this, but it wasn't actually supposed to be Christian Slater. It was supposed to be none other than River Phoenix. May he rest in peace. And this movie is dedicated to River Phoenix because he died before they started to make it. So sad. He would have been great for that role too. Oh my too. god, I actually, was so in love with him. I love River Phoenix, but I'm a little bit glad that he wasn't in this role because this movie's so cheesy. It would have been. It would have. Maybe. Tarnish. Tarnish his perfect yeah. record. Yeah, fair enough. But, I mean, assuming he was in it, he probably would have lived. Like, I wonder if he would have been in then, like, Reality Bites. I wonder like, if this movie Christian would have been Slater. better. Yeah. No, I don't, think, I don't think Christian Slater had anything to do with the quality of this film, unfortunately. <laughs> no, I agree. Christian you Slater- know what it was about this movie? What? Is that... If you watch it as a serious piece of film, which is the way it was made, which was its intention, if you can't laugh at it, you're going to have a real bad time. Yeah. And it was true. made with the intention to be a serious star-studded movie with a se- uh, Listen, it's a vampire movie. I know. And at the end of the day, no matter how high the production value no matter how good the writing yeah no no matter how famous the actors it mm-hmm. is a vampire movie and there's nothing about there's nothing you can do about that to make it less stupid and vampire yeah which i by the way i love vampires and it's funny because it was the number one vampire movie up until twilight it was the yeah. highest grossing uh vampire movie oh it was number eleven for that entire year. Yeah, it's it's like a high like a high grossing movie. It did really well in the box office yeah. for the first four weeks that it was out. It was, it was the same. It was ranked the same in the box office that it was the week that it was out. Does that make sense? So yeah. week one it was ranked one. Week two it was ranked two. Week three it was ranked three. Oh wow, that's wild. And week four it was ranked four, and then week five it was ranked seven, and then it went down after that. But it was like it it did it did really well in the box office. I guess my point is. The vampire movie that kicked it off of the vampire movie pedestal was Twilight, which is like, you know, like can you, you can't take Twilight seriously either. But some I, people did very hard. I think hard. Bram Stoker's Dracula is the only film about vampires that one should take seriously. I've never seen that. Oh, you should. No, you. Oh, you know what? It's a very good movie. A good vampire movie to take seriously is. Um, I think it's called. Uh, is it what we do in the shadows? No, it's not. It's um, I never saw that, but I want to see that so bad. Wait, is, I think it's whatever that one is in. It's like in Norway. Yes, it's in Norway, and I've never seen no, it. No, it's not what we do in the shadows. It. It's um, vampire movie. 
Nordic or something like that. What is it called? Let the right one in. That's what Let it is. Let the right one in. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch that for years and that. years and years. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. And it's it's you can take it seriously because it's not it's just really good. You should watch Let the Right One In. Right. Everyone should. It's such a good movie. And it's a vampire movie that you can take seriously because it's not cheesy and fucking weird. And they don't show – there's no like weird colored contacts and there's no right. – what is it with colored contacts? So, Why does that have to be part of vampire so movies? That's what I was going to – I wanted to talk to you about that because I feel like – is that a timing thing? Like did that work in the 90s and it just doesn't work now? I don't know, because don't they do it in Twilight, too? Yeah, well, only when they're hungry, their eyes turn purple. Duh. Read the books. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of reading the books, have you ever read any Anne Rice books? You know I can't read. Oh. Don't. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So rude. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I read read this, uh, not this one, but she has a whole Lestat series. They're all based in New Orleans, and they're fucking great page turners. Thick mm. vampire novels. Um, love a so good thick I novel. Think, yeah, well, I do love a thick novel. If you know yes, you, you truly do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I brother. I don't know what you mean. I don't know what that means. I don't know what I mean. Anyways, guys. Okay, moving on. Um, so, Louie. Is turned. Louis being Louis's, interviewed. Louis. Okay, yeah, no, 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 he's no, telling no. the story. Right. So, this. Okay, we are on episode nine of This Is the Pits, right? Yeah. I think six or seven of the movies we've watched have been narrated. This whole thing is narrated oh, yeah. too. This one is too. Yeah. Nineteen nineties. Was could, True Romance narrated? A little bit. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's wow. like they didn't trust it's, us right. to follow the stories on our own in the 90s. They needed to tell us what was happening as it was happening. Well, even like Tarantino movies are narrated in a in a way where he puts subtitles. I think that it was yeah. like narration and then subtitles because I don't know why I'm bringing up Tarantino so specifically, but I think it's just because he does that and it it's a weird thing that he does, but yeah, it's so weird. The narration, it's a very nineties thing, I guess. They just like, they don't trust their viewers in the nineties. Yeah. Um, And I, it's like so seamless. Like when you think of nineties movies, like that's just what you think of. It's like part of the deal. Right. Did eighties movies do that? Not really, huh? Well, when I think eighties movies, I think like John Hughes. Me too. I think of Ferris Bueller's day off where he's, he doesn't narrate. He just looks directly in the camera and tells you. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm into. I can't, yeah, I love that. Um, anyway, let's bring it back to the to the movie. So, yeah, Brad Pitt's Louis's wife and children die of the plague or something, and he's depressed. The plague. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. So, back up for a quick second because there's that. I think that's a plot hole. No, she dies Says, in childbirth. Are you sure it's not the plague? Hold on. I think I wrote it down. Nope. Because. I didn't write it down. <laughs> um. Well, can is it on? I'll find you. I'll find her. Okay. Well, there is a part where they talk about the plague for sure, and my thing was they're in Louisiana. Why is there a plague in Louisiana? There was no plague in Louisiana. Well, maybe it was like a the, citywide plague. It could have just been small. Oh, it's probably smallpox because I think that was in America. Um, Wikipedia can solve this for us real quick. 
It could be any. I guess it could be any. But it doesn't necessarily have to be the Black Plague. Although, it, whenever you say the plague, I think of the Black Plague. Right, me bubonic. too. The, bubo- the bubonic plague. Yeah, oh, she's got the boob. <laughs> oh, my God. I just was Googling, trying to find what he died of. And I just read this article that Anne Rice confirms that Louis and Lestat are a same-sex couple with a child. So they're fully, yeah, she's confirmed it. Because didn't you feel like. Oh, it was so gay. It was so gay. The two of them were raising this girl together. And yeah, they were. And and it's weird that they were like hanging out. And then and then Lestat, the fucking homo that he is, was like, let's have a kid. And like <laughs> goes out and gets them a kid. Yeah. Yes. And the way she styled like a little fucking. A doll. Porcelain doll. And the oh. fact that she's literally a 30-year-old baby, which is definitely me. Yeah. <laughs> where she... Um, she was 12 she, when she made this movie. Right. But then remember, it was like 20 years later or whatever. Like, yeah. And, and they were still giving her dolls as gifts. And she's like, I don't want dolls. Yeah. She's like, I'm 30. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want dolls. I have dolls. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk through this plot line together okay. as one, not for the sake of the viewers, but to go over exactly what happened here. So let's try to make sense of it. Okay, yeah. So let's try to, the plague. So yeah, his wife and child die. He's depressed. And there's a really funny interview with him uh, because Brad Pitt apparently had a really terrible time making this movie and like tried to quit a few times because he hated being in makeup for so long and he hated, uh, he just hated it. Well, I mean, okay, let's talk about that for a second because it, that is brought up constantly. Yeah. He is – he hated it and it, I get why he would hate it. Like the fact that it's in Louisiana, it's probably hot as shit. Yeah. And he's probably staying in a hotel, which is always annoying. Yeah. And uh, they, it was like they only shot at nighttime. It was like yeah. dark all the time. And yeah, he's in four hours of makeup every day with those contacts in his eyes. Oh, yeah. And the makeup, they had to do it hanging upside down. What? Did you read that? No. Yeah. So because to get those veins right, <gasps> the veins on their face, oh, they, they hung them upside my down. God, that is ridiculous. So, yeah, ridiculous. That's right. And the ridiculous. That should not have happened. No, this is why I think after this movie was when SAG was like, oh, we should have really stepped in. Yeah, not they, okay. <laughs> yeah, they hung upside down to get the veins right. And so wow. that's why it took makeup so long is because they kept having to take breaks to get back upright and like have some water and like <laughs> get, he said, regain consciousness. He said, though, the reason I brought it up when I did bring it up is because he was saying this woman was like, why was it so bad for you? And he didn't mention any of that. He was like. Because Louis depressed from the very beginning of the film to the end. He's like, I was depressed for half a year playing this character. Because yeah, Louis is well, never happy. He's happy for no. like a brief second when the kid and him go off. But then he's just always miserable. He hates the fact that he is a vampire. I know. And I just don't get why he became a vampire in the first. I guess we can. It wasn't his fault. Oh, okay. Last thing about that. Why, why it was so miserable. He, he was miserable, but then the reason he had to stay on was because he asked the producer how much it would like what like what it would take for him to quit. Like he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I mm-hmm. want to quit. And the producer was like, it'll cost you $40 million yeah. if you break the contract. And he was yeah. like, cool, I'm going to do the movie. Yeah. So I read anyway. that too. Jesus Christ. Isn't that crazy? What the fuck is this industry? I don't know. That $40,000 fucking dollars can go save 40 the million. planet. Sorry, $40, 40 million. million. $40 million. How about we just like. Take that money and 
save a country in Africa. Give them water. Do <laughs> really, we need, though. Do we need a fucking vampire movie? <laughs> they should raise money for a movie and then donate the money and be Fuck like, yeah. just kidding. $40 million is insane. It's insane. It's fucking crazy. This industry is insane. Anyway. So. Tom Cruise stumbles upon... Louis. Lestat. Louis. Right. And yeah. Lestat is a, is a fictional character who is like transcends just this one book and this one movie. He's like a very famous vampire in the in the world of vampires. Um, right. He's played by Tom Cruise. I think it seems to me Tom Cruise kind of fell in love with Louis, turned him into yeah. a vampire. Um, Which was weird when he did that because he <laughs> wanted death. He was like, give me death, please give me death. And then he was like, uh, like killing him. Like Lestat was killing him. And then he was like, do you still want death? And he was like, no. <laughs> and then he's like, do you want eternal life? And he's like, yes. And then he gives it. It's like, wait, you've been begging for death, you fucking pussy. And now you want, suddenly you want the eternal life. That's cool. Just go ahead and go against everything you were saying. So anyway. Yeah. Well, so what Lestat, would you do in that situation? I think this died. is an interesting I question. Died. I think uh, you you don't want to be a vampire. You wouldn't want to be saying a vampire. This. If I had to hang out with Lestat for eternity, <laughs> I'd be like, just please kill me. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> okay. Well, you didn't. You don't have. He didn't have to hang out with Lestat. They were a couple. No, but can you? Yeah. Even worse. Can you imagine? Like <laughs> you like want to go. You like want to go like grocery shopping, and Lestat is with you, and you're like, ugh. He's, he's so, so weird. He's so intense. He's the worst. He goes, what is that? There's a famous line from this movie where he goes, I bet you weren't. I bet I don't need no introduction or something ridiculous. I love the I stat, honestly. And <laughs> I would 100% choose to be a vampire if I should I had the option. Like, uh, Well, somehow that doesn't surprise me. I would <laughs> love to roam the earth. Also, I wouldn't mind sucking the blood of humans like Louis did. Louis was so Louis becomes a vampire and he is like filled with remorse and filled with guilt about the fact that he wants to drink human blood. And so he ends up eating like rats and mice and whatever. And Lestat makes fun of him. And I'm like, dude, we're overpopulated. I guess he didn't know that in the time, but I would 100% suck the blood of a human. No questions asked. I don't know. I mean, that would be weird. I... It'd be crazy. I mean, don't get me wrong. It'd be a flip of a switch. <laughs> so real. Like, ooh, I really just drank that person's blood. <laughs> I'd do it. I'd do it if it was like drinking a delicious glass of wine. Which they make it seem like it is. Yeah. Like, it looks tasty, I guess. Yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, my God. Did you hear about that guy? Did you read about that guy oh, who yeah. watched this movie mm -hmm. and then stabbed his girlfriend and drank her blood yes like a you week saw after that? yeah and it's like really well documented he was like i went to see the movie i wanted to do it so i did it well it's even weirder that he i mean yeah that's it's fucking crazy that he did that at all but like the way he did it too was like she, she said she oh and she lived <laughs> she wakes up at she wakes up in the middle of the night he's standing over her looking at her and she's like what are you doing and he said uh, oh, I have to pull it up to get the exact quote of what he said. But he said, she said, what's the matter? And he said, I'm going to kill you and drink your blood. And then. Oh, no, no. Bub, 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 bub. <laughs> then the next. She didn't do anything that night. They had a whole nother day together. And the next day, then he stabbed her in her bed. <laughs> like he said that. And she was like, OK. It's uh, not funny. It's not weird. Funny. 
<laughs> I know it's like it's not funny. It's just weird that he said that to her and yes, she didn't do anything. I know. She was like, "That's a weird thing to say." And then he did it, and she's like, "Oh, I wish I could have seen it coming." Yeah, well, because you'd think you'd be joking if someone looks you in the face and says, "I'm going to stab you and drink your blood" after they've seen a movie about drinking blood. Yeah, it seems like she... a joke, like a weird, twisted joke. <laughs> and then I, just, I just imagine her slowly turning over in bed and being like, "God, that was weird." <laughs> <laughs> this is reminding me of something that I have buried deep in my soul and forgotten about. That I met a real life vampire once. <gasps> no, tell me. Let me please explain. So I was working uh, on set on The Biggest Loser. Was it a background actor? No, it wasn't a background actor. It was, <laughs> it was a PA who I like. A PA that I really liked. He was kind of weird, but he was like smart. So we'd we'd have really like nice intellectual conversations. But he was, like, always alone. I should have known. Anyway, we're in line at the catering truck, and I think it was our last, like, wrap day, so it was a huge feast. And so we had one of those, like, cutting boards under the red light. Oh, okay. And uh, the guy was like, how do you like your steak? Like, the caterer was like, how do you like your steak? And I was like, bloody. Like, bloody. Like, joking. Bloody, yeah. Like a bloody steak. And this PA is standing next to me, and he looks me dead seriously, Michael. I'm not kidding you. And he goes, oh, you too? You like to drink blood? And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? He's like, you're a vampire too? So oh. dead oh my God. seriously into my eyes. And I, at that moment, could have laughed hysterically, or I could have gone along with it. <sighs> and what did you do? And, and I was like, I'm not, but... Are you? <laughs> He's all no. And he said, "Yes, I am. I suck my, my girlfriend's blood." He's oh. like, "Sometimes I mix her blood with my milk and drink it in the mornings." No. Oh my god. Ew. Oh. What a disgusting combo. I am about to gross you out so intensely. You're never oh, going to be wait. able. Should I even say this? Yes, please say to it. To oh our massive public, he used to suck it. his girlfriend's tampons. Oh, okay. I really wish you hadn't said that. <laughs> but he, and he was oh, like, and, and so then we spent like that whole rest of the day talking about it because I was so intrigued because he wasn't kidding. He was not fucking with me. Oh my God. He sucked his girlfriend's tampon. And he was like, I stopped doing it. It's not healthy. You know, you can't, you can't be drinking people's blood for germs and stuff. And I was like, uh, among other fucking things. And I am not, <laughs> by the way, I am not making this up. I just, I just, I, believe you. I just recovered it. Oh, I wish I could say his name, but I'm not going to say it because there is, we do, do follow I, each other. This. Do I know him? You don't know him, but I am friends with him on social media still to this day. Oh my God. You, I want to see a picture of him. I want to see the yeah, face of the Yeah, and man. he, I will show it to you, but he didn't, he didn't like share that with people. He wasn't like an outright vampire, but. Well, he accidentally outed himself to you because he thought you were a fellow vampire. Because I said I wanted my steak bloody. Did he say he also wanted his steak bloody? I don't remember. He then told he me have. he then told me he was a vampire, and I kind of much, pretty much didn't pay attention to anything except for what he was saying. He must have, yeah. Whoo, boy, that was a journey. <laughs> he, told you he was a vampire, and just like suddenly you like blacked out, and like you got tunnel vision, <laughs> and you had to, that's all you could talk about <laughs> and think about. But there is, I remember also my sister, uh, my older sister was a journalist when she was in college. And I remember her doing a story of people who are like modern day vampires who don't suck blood, but they're like energy suckers. So like there's this whole sect of people who like 
think that they're vampires, that they'll suck your energy and not your blood. Anyway, people in this world do think, people do actually think that they're vampires. That's all I'm saying in this world. No, yeah, I've I've heard of that before. I just can't believe you met one and that he was a PA. And that he. (laughs) It's like such a funny PA thing to do. Like, (laughs) like, it's like the epitome. I just remember like when I used to PA, like being a PA and like being stuck with like some random people who are also PAs and like sometimes other PAs are so weird and you're just like what is this like remember that movie remember that movie Wolfpack did you see that Mm-mm. it's about these kids who lived in New York who like never got to leave their house or whatever like they grew up and like would leave the house one time a year and like it's just because their dad was crazy like and like that. it's a re- it, you should watch it it's on netflix it's a, it's a documentary and it's just so these kids are so Ooh, weird because they're cooped up, up. My alley. yeah and they're like obsessed with movies because that's like all they can do in their in their apartment like is just watch movies and they like fully recreate movies anyway one of them finally like at the end of the movie or whatever like he starts to get out more and he's a pa on set and he's like the weirdest pa and it's so funny because it's like i feel like i know that pa like as a pa you're like forced to make conversation with other pas it's like being forced to go on a play date when you're a kid like when your mom wants to hang out with your friend she's like and you can hang out with the kid and you like have to hang out with this weird ass kid who's like really into beyblades or something and you're like uh, i'm really happy to be on set people are so fucking excited to be on set and it's like cool your goddamn jets (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah anyway okay so we're supposed to be talking about interview with the vampire yeah we're 40 minutes in by the way <laughs> oh, shit. oh no we haven't even got to the first act <laughs> we haven't even okay yeah so lestat changes louis into a vampire louis is yes. really upset and depressed about this whole situation and he refuses and he pushes it pushes it pushes it away and then finally lestat's like come on babe you and me forever yeah, and so Brad Pitt um, gets rid of all he he fir- he kills one of his slaves. Which, by the way, Brad Pitt owns slaves. We never really, no one ever really addressed well, that. It's tis the tis the time. I don't, I just don't He's know. He's a plantation if tis owner. The time. Yeah, I guess I mean it just the time, I, in terms unfortunately. of unfortunately in terms of accuracy, but like I don't know. It's like they sort of gloss over that whole. We gotta anyway. acknowledge the fact, unfortunately, that. No, I mean I get that it's an accurate thing. It's just weird. <laughs> It's yeah. weird to casually it's have jarring. slaves. It's jarring to casually have slaves. Yeah. And anyway. Sandy Newton. Oh yeah. Is in it, and Brad, uh, not Brad Pitt, but Tom Cruise and her then star in Mission Impossible years and years later, and she is her co- his cohort. But Good in this, for her. she's just a low down slave. Mm, mm-mm. Yeah, I guess that's one way to put it. Well, she's um, the most beautiful girl that I've ever seen. She is, yeah. Okay, and then um, he burns his mansion down. Yeah, they. They go adopt that girl by stealing her and making her vampire. And she does uh, a great job. I know that she won the MTV Video Music Award that, or the MTV Movie Award that year, Kirsten Dunst. But she really did play a really perfectly creepy, mature. Yeah, she did a good job. Like for a person who's playing, who's twelve years old playing a thirty year old stuck in a in an eight year old's body, she yeah. did a really great job. Yeah, she did. And that was also her first on-screen kiss was with Brad Pitt. I know. And she said, I thought he had cooties. And I was like, girl. Girl, you should have enjoyed that even though you were only 12 and he was 30. Yeesh kebabs. (laughs) Yeesh kebabs. And the thing is, and little known fact, they briefly dated um, after the filming of that movie. No, I'm just kidding. You son of a bitch. I almost (laughs) fell off my chair with excitement and joy and sorrow. All combined into one. The thing is, you know, the the thought may have crossed Brad Pitt's mind. He well, likes him. 
Well, when he dated She Who Must Not Be Named. Mm-hmm. She was young. She was 10 years younger than him. Okay. I mean, we're really dragging him right now. <laughs> I know. Um, the thing is, I love Brad Pitt. This is the other thing, though, too, listener, is that... Mom. Norm- <laughs> Mom. Mom and Dad. Um, normally, we watch- I watch the movie like within two days of doing this podcast, so it's fresh in my head. But I watched this two weeks ago, and it's been a very eventful two weeks. So we still are going to go through it. Anyway. Yeah. So, little, it's peace and joy for a little while. It's a the two fathers and the daughter, and they have this homoerotic relationship, and it's unavoidable. In fact, in my notes, there's a few things that I wrote down. I didn't really normally. I write like, "Hmm, maybe they were trying to get this across, or like trying to like have intelligent things to say." Nope, not in this one. I just said, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god!" The acting, ha ha ha! I can't stop giggling. I mean, is I know. He, he's really putting on a character, extremely homoerotic. Um, so anyway, yeah, I just kept writing over and over again, homoerotic. <laughs> so homoerotic. And Brad Pitt, though, was good at being depressed. Like He was good at being depressed, but I didn't, I didn't like his acting necessarily in this. It's Me hard. Neither. Like, it was like boring depressed. Like, it was like... It was like it seemed like he was actually depressed, and actual depression is very boring to you watch. You don't want to watch actual depression because it a it'll be like oh I know what that feeling is, and b like it's also a yawn central yawn, yawn central, and that's why I really was thankful for Lestat being the psycho crazy Tom Cruise that he was because I I thought Tom Cruise was the opposite. He was so vibrant in his psycho. Yeah, he was. I was into it. Um, so let's just finish the plotline because I have a, a couple of questions about the plotline that I think maybe you can help clear up for me. So basically, okay. um, Kirsten Dunst decides that she hates Lestat, obviously, because he's crazy. Um, and he's sort of controlling and manipulative of the two of them. So she tries to kill him. She thinks that she does successfully kill him by burning giving him. Giving him dead blood. Oh, giving him dead blood. Blood that has been from a, a heart that stopped beating. Which is and also poisoned. The blood was poisoned and dead. And dead. And then she set him on fire. Right. Which it somehow does not kill him. Doesn't kill him, but we don't know that at the time. Right. It. uh, That's right. That's right. He goes away for a while, and they have this weird honeymoon phase where they're. They go to meet Antonio Banderas. Yeah, but also there's that weird period where she says she's in love with him, and it's like, wait, what? Like, wait, with Brad? Yeah. You don't remember that? Like, so, so yes, so. Lestat and Louis have a daughter. Daughter yeah. and and Louis. Okay, Louis. The only thing that's ever brought Louis joy in the history of his life as a vampire or as a human was loving his daughter. She says, "Why don't we just be the two of us because we love each other so much? Let's kill Lestat. He's a psycho. They kill Lestat. Right. They run off together and they're in love. It's kind of like a Woody Allen situation." Yeah, it's a little, it's you know, a little yeah. yeah. So they go off to Paris where they go and watch a play. Oh, no, no. They travel the world for a hot second looking for other vampires. Can't find them. Can't find them. Can't find them. They think they're the only vampires in the world. They end up in Paris. They go to a play where they see it's a play about vampires. But it's really but it's real. the truth. Some real vampires. What is it yeah. called? A red hair? What's it called when you like are right in front of your face telling the truth, but you think... There's a word for it. I don't know. Where it's like uh, you are. Uh, 
in plain view, red-handed, something. Anyway, the play is about vampires. Bird in the hand? Birds mm, in the hand? Or no, but it's one of them. There's a thing. I wish we okay. had enough followers that we could say, follow, like, listeners, tell us what that is, but we don't. Well, if, uh, Mom, if you think of it, just yeah. <laughs> Dad? <laughs> um, so, anyway, the play is about vampires... And the Parisians think it's just about vampires and like, wow, that's so the acting is so amazing. That woman looks like she really died, but she did really die. She did really die. It's snuff. It's the original snuff film or snuff play. Exactly. And it's a coven. It's a whole coven led by Antonio Banderas. Yeah. So now here's where I forget what happened. So Antonio Banderas is like, Louis, you're a very powerful vampire. I can tell every vampire has different powers. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to keep you around. And then what happens? Like somehow the little girl dies. I don't remember how that all goes down. I mean, he kills the the other vampires want to kill them. I think something happens where he decides he wants to, I think Brad Pitt decides he wants to kill Antonio Banderas or something like they gang up on Brad Pitt and like try to um like kill him, right? Like I don't remember. They gang up on him? I remember that she wants a mommy and there's a mommy she turns a woman into a vampire to be her mommy and so that it would be Brad Pitt, mommy and the baby and then they could go off. But then Antonio Banderas finds out about it and the girl. Oh, okay. Sorry. I found it on. I found it. Okay. <laughs> I just looked it up. I cheated on on Wikipedia. It's it's that it was a little confusing, though, because yeah. like it wasn't clear. But I guess Santiago, who's Antonio Banderas, reads Lewis's mind and suspects that Louis and Claudia murdered Lestat. And he finds he kind of figures That's that out. That's right. That's right. And so he warns Louis to send Claudia away for her own safety. And Louis is intrigued to stay with Armin and, and learn more about the meaning of being a vampire. Right. Claudia depends Louis turn into turn a human woman, Madeline, Madeline, to be her new protector and companion. And he reluctantly complies. The Parisian vampires abduct all three and punish them for Lestat's murder, imprisoning Louis in a metal coffin That's and right. trapping Claudia and Madeline in a room where sunlight burns them to ash. That's right. And then Louis goes down again. And then, yeah, Armin doesn't do it, but then he does. Armin doesn't protect them. And then he frees Louis. And then Louis burns down again with the burning. Um, (laughs) Again with the burning, please. (laughs) Again with the burning. And imagine what a nightmare it would be to shoot all of these burning scenes. That's the other thing I keep thinking about these. These. um, (laughs) I think we hate the industry that we're in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All we do is complain about it. Well, imagine making this movie. It's like it only night fun. shoots. It would be fun, but only night shoots in a city you don't live in. It's brutal. It's brutal. It would be really it's brutal. Hot, and it's brutal. Period piece. if the actors are having a brutal time, then your fucking crew is miserable. Oh, my God. Can you, you imagine know? dick that AD probably was? Oh, miserable. Anyway, so let's just finish the plotline because we're 51 minutes in. Brad Pitt okay, is in a tizzy manizzy. We also haven't talked about the fact that he's being interviewed by Ethan Hawke this whole time. And that's why the story is happening. (laughs) Anyway, uh, he goes back to New Orleans. He finds like an old Voldemorty Lestat. Oh, yeah. Lestat looking like a fucking raisin. He's still alive, but he's not the old spark plug he used to be. And then they're hanging on. Yeah. And then he 
Okay, so then Lestat goes, like, how dare you, blah, 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 blah. I don't know why. It was very inconsequential for me. And then he ends up in San Francisco in the 1990s. Ethan Hawke somehow discovers that he's a vampire, I guess. They don't really explain that. He tells him. Yeah, but why Remember, he he follows him into his apartment at the beginning. It's the very beginning. He follows him into his apartment, and he says, like, I'm a vampire. I'm like 600 years old or whatever, or 300 years old. Um, And he's like, don't worry. I'm not going to kill you. I would have, if I was going to, I would have already. I like something about you. Oh, okay. So Brad Pitt found him and said, I need to take this down. I need to put, I need to tell someone about this life I've led. Yeah. Or, Or like he followed him up to his apartment or something like that. He just followed him up and then Brad Pitt just started spilling the beans and he was like, Oh shit. Yeah, how fun to be that man on the Can other you side. It's like when I was it's in the like it was you. like when I was exactly right when I was waiting for steak and all of a sudden <laughs> I met a real life vampire. <laughs> you never know. You never, you really know. never know. And when it happens, Michael, I hope it happens to you one day because it is a thrill. Oh, does it? I'm scared. I don't want to be I don't want to be eaten. I'll never forget the serious look in his eyes like you too. <laughs> I will like, ooh, actually, maybe I do. Like, if I, I hope that's the way that I go. Yeah. Oh I my hope God. I go. You, uh, well, I ain't you. going. If that's the way that I go, I'm becoming a vampire. Ain't no questions asked. I guess that's true, too. But, I mean, realistically, if someone thinks they're a vampire and they kill me to suck my blood, I'm not becoming a vampire. I'm just no. going to bleed out. You're going to bleed out. Or you'll wake <laughs> up in the hospital. Oh, oh what a great story I'm that would be. I'm glad that we're covering this, though, just in case. Like, if just one of us case. gets murdered and someone sucks our blood that there's proven evidence that we've discussed wh- how we'd want to do it <laughs> and a like a i would be happy about going that way and be like he went out you know exactly how he would have like being his blood being sucked in the most dramatic <laughs> way possible he would have bled out just like you said he would he bled out yeah he bled out <laughs> and he was happy about it like it makes a great story totally and we <laughs> have to wrap his coffin in chains now just so he never comes back to life listen Oh, Don't. actually, wait, wait. If you're listening to this and I've died because I've, my, I was killed by a vampire, <laughs> do not wrap my coffin in veins I, or in chains. I do not want to be stuck for eternity in no. a coffin just because it's chained up. Don't chain it. If I wake up, let me back out. I'm not going to get anyone. I'm, I, just I want to say something, too. If I become okay. a vampire, keep me a vampire. I'm not going to hunt the good people. I'm going to suck the blood of the people who shouldn't be alive anymore. And that's a promise. If you make me a vampire... Vampire listeners. Yeah. I should be free to roam this planet because I will take care of the baddies. Almost like Dexter. You know? That's a good idea. Yeah. I'll, I'll, oh, that's a great idea. Be a yeah. vampire. Like a crime fighting vampire. I've got news for you. We can be vampire heroes instead of vampire villains. Ugh. What a dream. Anyway. Goals. Goals, goals, goals. goals. Yeah. So uh, the PA oh. and the small chance that you're listening to this, I'm sorry for exposing your secret, but... Well, you didn't really, because you didn't name him. So, oh, except to me, his name is at the tip of my tongue. <laughs> I don't want to tell the world, but I won't. You anyway. can just say it, and we can just bleep it out. Okay, so Brad Pitt, Louis, ends up in San Francisco. Who knows how many years have passed? It's now 1994. Uh, I'm assuming it's now current yeah, day it's about San Francisco. Day. Which the first note I wrote was, "We met in San Francisco, Michael." So I'm already like oh. this movie on a production. On a production. So also this movie was the first movie to get permission to shoot on the Golden Gate Bridge. Ooh, that's a great fact. Isn't that a fun fact? 
Um, I'll match that fact with this is the first LGBT fil- related film to gross more than a hundred million dollars. It's funny that you said this is an LGBT film because I bet you I know I don't two think it lead is. actors who would disagree with you. LGBT related. How is it related? It's all. It's not related. Like it is. They are. The writer has said they're in a homosexual relationship. I don't think this is an LGBT film, though. No, because, it's like, definitely not related. It's skews. related. I, it it's means skews. even then, it's still just like okay, related. In that Bert and Ernie are gay. It's not like. Well, did you see that? I'm glad that you brought that up because there was a whole shebang and shabacle about that recently. Yeah. There I was. I don't know why that was a thing. It was to cover up something Trump did, probably. No, I think. It, <laughs> no, I think it's because the uh, what's his name, the guy who created Burton Ernie, like said that they might they might be in a gay relationship. They might not be. He never said it because he wanted it to be left open. Like it doesn't really matter. Which this is that's my problem with it is that people will say it's LGBT related. Burton Ernie are maybe gay and like Legends of the Fall is maybe gay. But it's not, not Legends of the Fall, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. This movie, um, Interview with a Vampire, is maybe gay because cause then it's like they're saying it's LGBT related as if it is, but it's, it's not. not. It's still being suppressed. It's still, right. being, it's still considered something. It's still Especially something that in they don't want to say out loud. Exactly yeah. in 1994, too. You're right. I'm sorry about that up. It's just a fact that I read. No, it's. I mean, I get. I get why people are saying that. It's just. It's. It. It's disappointing because it's like it's not. Let's not call it. It. Let's not say that it is when it clearly isn't on purpose. And if it is, it's an accident, and we shouldn't celebrate it for being gay when it's. Okay, like, but I just want to say, and I'm not making a point here, but just the other side of that argument would be that in 1994 there were no out movies, like there were no gay movies, and so I think a lot of people in that time kind of own like took it as their own like this yeah, but, is i'm not making a point i'm just saying no i hear you no no like I hear when, you, so like, when, when i'm reading things like it's lgbt friendly or skewed yeah. or whatever it's more of like oh maybe we get some representation here like maybe yeah. this is maybe well, that's what gay people say well the, maybe gay somebody gay people will say maybe but like straight people can still say oh that no 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 no, no. still like it's still it's uh, still deniable. straight enough. Right. Deni- it's plausible, deniable, so that Pro- straight people still can still... It's like protecting yeah. the fucking straight people who don't need protecting. Anyway. Exactly. Anyway, exactly. Anyway, okay, anyway. glad we made that point. Okay. No, you're right. You're totally right. So he ends up in San Francisco. He stalks Ethan Hawke, who we meet at the beginning of the movie, and the yeah. story that we've now seen for the last two hours is uh, Louis' account of this thing with Lestat. Okay, so now here's where I need your help. With what happened. Okay. Lestat shows up at the end of this interview. Mm-hmm. Kills Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. Erases the tape. Gets in a convertible and drives over the Golden Gate Bridge. Did Louis bring him back just to fuck with Ethan Hawke? Or is Lestat just like mm-hmm. this nuisance that Louis will never get rid of? I think it's the second one. I think it's that Lestat is just like, well, first of all, Louis was mad that Ethan Hawke, why are we calling him Ethan Hawke? That's not his name. (laughs) Isn't that from Mission Impossible? It's Christian Slater. No, Ethan Hawke is another 90s actor who, in my head, is the same person as Christian Slater. 
Oh, no, it's not Ethan Hawke at all. The character's <laughs> name is Malloy. Yeah, but Ethan, I think I've said his name is Ethan Hawke seven times throughout this whole podcast. Yeah, and I just thought that that was the, I thought that that was the name of the reporter or something. No, you don't know who Ethan Hawke is? He's basically the same thing I as Christian would. Slater. Probably, he's one of those fair. actors who I like will probably confuse in my mind as like Christian white Slater. guy from the 90s. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. send you a picture so that you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, okay, so, no, so... Malloy doesn't understand. He like. He like Malloy like wants to be a vampire. Remember at the end, he's like, "Make me a vampire," yeah. and Louis's like, "You idiot! I'm telling you, it sucks." And he's like, "No, no, no, make me!" And then Louis like scares him, and like so Malloy gets in his car and leaves, and then Lestat just shows up and takes the car and is like, "I'm uh, gonna be." Oh, okay, that makes sense. So Lestat's back, and it's like dun dun dun. But we're never gonna get an interview with the vampire. It's, that's what it is. It's just that. Oh yeah, I, of course I know Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So then the movie uh, ends. Right. And Lestat's back, ends? and we're like, woohoo! Lestat's back, and Not shout woo-hoo, out, like, oh fuck! Shout out to my friend Ollie, who has a club. It's not really a club, but it's a club of a couple of people. He considers himself to be a cruise booster. What's that? It's a person who really loves Tom Cruise, and he will watch Tom Cruise movies, and he'll call it cruise boosting, and he has a Twitter account. And it's not really a big thing, and I asked him if I could talk about cruise boosting before we did this episode. He said yes, and I said, or he said is, no. I said, this is going to be the first episode that you listen to because it can also be a it can count as a cruise boost, and oh, this is the pits combo. Um, wow. Well, it sounds like he's coming for a gig. Well. Okay, so ratings. Well, well ratings, wait, wait, but, wait, wait, wait. I just want to oh. say some final thoughts before we rate. Oh, okay. Here's my final thoughts because okay. our rates are pretty Brad Pitt-centric. I just want to one more time say that I really enjoyed Tom Cruise in this and I really enjoyed his over the top performance and I honestly I think if he wasn't in it I wouldn't like it as much so I just want to give I just want to boost Cruise and Cruise boost okay which is why I brought okay. Cruise boosting up you know I I think yeah I think Tom Cruise did, he was right for the role yeah. I agree Tom Cruise was right for the role Well Johnny Depp like, was supposed to be the one Well did you also see that Cher was considered for <gasps> the role of Louie Oh my god! Like Cher, they considered like, making Louis a woman, and it's so, and it was would have been Cher, uh, or uh, sorry, <laughs> Cher or who was it, the other one? I forget who it was. Uh, oh, uh, um, Angelica Huston. Houston, yeah, oh my god, Houston, she sorry, it. Huston, she would have killed it. Wow, both of those would have been amazing. Right? Isn't that so weird though? Which brings us to our ratings. Okay. All right, let's rate And I'll them. tell you why that brings us to our ratings, because Brad Pitt's acting. Oh, before we rate it, before we rate it, let's really quick uh, talk about what Entertainment Weekly rated it. Hold on, I have everyone's. I have oh, all you the do. ratings. Yeah. Okay, let's see everyone's ratings. Okay, so IMDb rated a 7.6 out of 10. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes is a 62%. Fair, I guess. So Rotten Tomatoes is relatively new, I guess. Is it 62% overall or 62% audience score? Um, that's a very good question. I think it's because overall. Because there's two. Because like, there's three, I guess. Because there's the critic score, the audience score, and then the combined score. Yeah, one second, one second. Well, while you're looking that up, I can tell you that Entertainment Weekly gave it a C-. I saw that. But 
you know, like Google has like a Google users thing. Yeah. Uh, 93%. Although I guess if you're looking wow. for this movie, you're going to rate, if you're looking for it, you're going to rate yeah. it high, you know, True, because you remember, you probably haven't seen it in a while and you're remembering it. Yeah. So you're going to like, you've set out to watch this movie. Like we have, no one's just watching this movie. Yeah. Really? Although, though. Maybe. I, I mean, it's on Did Netflix we pay for this. It is on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so let me just clear up that Rotten Tomatoes. My internet is fucked. Okay. Um, well, I, oh, really, six, well, average rating is 5.9 out of 10. For? 86% audience score. 62% tomato meter for Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. What's the critic score? Does it say? Mm-mm. Oh, all critics. So the critic score is 62%. The audience score is 86%. Again, if you're going to be looking for this movie, you're going to rate it highly. But then right? if you're going to take it seriously, you're going to rate it low because well, you it's can't, seriously not that good. Don't fucking take it seriously. Everybody knows it. If I tried to take this movie seriously for one second, I'd be the most miserable girl for two and a half hours. <laughs> but, and that was me. I was a little bit – I was like trying so hard not to take it seriously, but I, it's so hard – I could tell. And I, when I, cause when we saw each other face to face, you were like visibly angry about having watched this movie. Well, here's the thing is when a movie, like I want to watch a movie the way that the, the people who made the movie want you to watch it. Totally. You know what I mean? So like when someone makes a movie and they make it earnestly and they try to make a serious movie, I try to get my brain to totally. where they want me to go. Like totally. I want to watch it the way that they intend me to watch it. Yeah. So I try to take a movie seriously and like try to, I try, but it's like, this is so bad and I can't help but like not and like laugh at like, this is really stupid. But like, I also am like, what were they going for? Like, what were they even going well, for? Well, I think, <laughs> yeah, they, they made this movie in entire earnest. You're right. Like, it's yeah. it's in earnest, and it is really, I mean. But it worked in, in the 90s. It worked, well, that's my, what's going to be my question. It's like, I think it might be a 90s, to, like a 1994 versus 2018 disconnect. Yeah, um, exactly. When Brad Pitt was re- interviewed for it, he said, like, I think we made, he said it was absolute hell, but I think we made a really great fucking movie. And he says, Neil Jordan, the director, is the king. He's like the absolute king. I fucking loved him. And I think it was all worth it for this movie. Um, I think it is over the top. But again, bringing it back to that vampire movie situation. Anyway, let's get to the ratings. Yeah. So overall, what is your rating? Um, For the whole movie, mm-hmm. I will give it a four. Four. Wow. I'm going to give it a six and a half. Six and a half. I liked it. I was laughing. I was entertained. I was fully You know what? Actually, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a five. Just okay. a, a five. Yeah. I mean, four is pretty low. Four I, is a little too low because I didn't hate it. Four was, four is like bordering on hating it. It was yeah. just like a, it was like a meh. I don't really want to watch it again, but I, it's like, I, I'm I glad I'm watched. I glad I watched it. I, I glad I watched it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I said it like that. Um, <laughs> I like I it. it. I I thought, yeah. Yeah, I was entertained. I was really, I was also kind of looking forward to watching it throughout the week. Like, I remember being like, ooh, I get to yeah. watch an interview with the vampire this week. So I was thrilled to watch it. I'm going to give it a 6.5. Now, okay. Brad Pitt's acting. Uh, I'm going to give him a, I'll give him a 6. No, a 7. I'm going to give him a 7 because he did it. You know, he like. He did what he set out to do. The character he had was boring on purpose. 
and or maybe maybe he loses that, points though, for being Michael. Boring. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't need to be boring. He's the main character. I mean, his his character's depressed, but is he boring? No one says be boring. That's true. I he think, was. I think he loses points for being boring, but he. The reason he, I'm giving him a seven is because he was actually depressed. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not going to let him get away that easily. I'm going to give him a solid five. I think he could have done okay. better. I've seen him do better. Uh, he was in character. He was miserable. I don't want to see that come through. You know, you're getting paid how much? Forty fucking million dollars. You can ha- you can handle this. He's making yeah. at least a million dollars. Like, give me something that I want, or go. Put yeah. 10 wells. All right, you've wells. convinced me. I'm going down to a 6.5. Right, I love it when, when we can change each other's scores. Um, next up is... Okay, hold on. I want to point out that this is the first time we haven't said anything about how he looks and how hot he is because he's in character. He wasn't hot. No, he was not hot at all. There was a moment or two. Um, I don't know. Those contacts are just hideous. And yeah. those fake teeth, he could barely talk in those fake teeth. Like, yeah. I, I I, think it was he wasn't attractive. The long hair thing, like, it wasn't working for me. I guess. Okay, so what do you rate his hair? So I like him in long hair, but it's this is such a part of a costume, I almost want to not even rate it because it was so... Um... No, I'll give it a five. I like him in long hair, and next week he's going to have long hair again, too. Yeah, I'll give him a five, too. That's fair. I mean, it's just like, eh. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really rate. It's like Johnny Swade. What can you do? You know, he's, he's so in character. I'm actually going to give it a four because I kind of don't like his hair. And I think it doesn't really. It doesn't make him look hotter in this. Like in this, even though I've seen him with long hair look good, mm-hmm. he doesn't look good with long hair in this. I don't know why. I think it's because he has that stupid founding father haircut. Like the, the And the outfits and the whole yeah, I mean just he's this is not a sexy role, which I think is probably why he took it. It's not you're not like, ooh, I want to fuck that guy, like you are in every other movie that we've watched. But I think that they made it they might have wanted that from him, but they that's not really like what it what ended up being no, you know what i mean he's a depressed person he's a depressed vampire <laughs> tom cruise on the other hand i found to be a little bit weirdly sexual which is so strange for me because I, I think he looked better than he normally does but yeah. i didn't think he was like at all i was not into him <laughs> well he's not to be into but that's what that's what's so crazy is that when this movie came out he was like the number one sex symbol we forget I forget, forget, yeah. He's not a sex symbol of our generation. He's a sex symbol of a, two generations ago. One generation ago. The 80s. Yeah, but like... The, the late 80s. You're right. Like one he did Top Gun. One, one and two generations ago. Um, so I think that concludes Interview with the Vampire. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, this this was this is uh, one of those ones where it's it's starting to get difficult again because this is a lead role where it's like there's a lot of stuff, a lot of mm-hmm. content to sift through, and we have yeah. to be very selective with what we talked about. And so I think that there's like, gonna be there's a lot we may have missed, but um, we can revisit it next week if needed because it's the same year, 1994, right? And that is. Legends of the Fall. Legends of the Fall, which I am excited to listen to. You'll be excited to listen to. I mean, we are excited to watch the movie. Beep, beep, beep. I hope I hope people are watching these movies with us. Yeah. My dad, the only person who's watched, who's listened to this podcast, <laughs> is going to go back and he's listened to the podcast, but he's going to go back and watch the movies. 
Oh yeah, my my um, one of my my grandparents said that they watched Too Young to Die so that they could follow along. Oh my god, amazing! Which I think I appreciated so much, totally. but they were like, it was not a very good movie. And I was yeah. like, yeah, you could just if you want, maybe just wait till you've seen the movies yeah. already because I want to watch some of these. I um, think um, so. Let's uh, so Legends of the Fall. Uh, is available for streaming on Crackle, which I don't know who has Crackle, um, but it has ads apparently. And then you could rent it on Amazon, YouTube, Google Play, Vudu, PlayStation Store, Microsoft, or Apple, all for two ninety nine. Cool. Not all, not all of them, but each of them, it's the same cost two ninety nine to rent Legends of the Fall. Um, so yeah, excellent. Um, one last thing: follow us on our socials. It's we're really measly following status right now but we are going to yep. put up fun things like pictures of brad pitt on the cover of rolling stone and in case you can movie google posters. it yourself movie posters oh, how, by the way how funny was it that i tried to put up the poster for cool world but it was the accidentally <laughs> it had like it was a um my little pony like bronies <laughs> thing was on it like it was <laughs> i didn't even notice either i like posted it and at first, you're like, oh my god, how funny! They put My Little Pony on there, and you can't even realize it. And then you remember, Cool World is about fucking the cartoons. Yeah. And and they put My Little Pony on yeah. there. Yeah. They just want to fuck those. Kebabs. Anyways. Is right. <laughs> anyway, follow so us. follow us on socials. Fun things. I half acid apparently. Instagram. Um, this is the Pits Pod. Twitter. The Pits Pod. What is our email address? This is the pitspot at gmail.com. Excellent. Okay, you guys, tune into Legends of Fall next week and uh, keep it real.